Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and I get to uh, host this show each and every week, which I'm just so humbled to do, and I hope that it is of help to you, of significance to you, and it, uh, it helps you on your journey of, of faith and discipleship. And I trust that the, uh, the stuff that we've got in the show today for some really great people, all their little God spots mixed up with some, some great worship music, is, uh, is something that really helps you on the journey as we, as we enter into what in many of the liturgical churches around the world is the season of Lent, which is a time of preparation as we journey towards the great events of our salvation, the events of, of Easter, the events of the Passion. It's so great to be hearing from uh, from a whole lot of really cool people this week. We're going to hear from Father Richard Green. He's from uh, down the Southern Highlands way of New South Wales, down in uh, in Moss Vale. We've got a piece from his uh, contribution to the the Triumph Lenten series. He's going to talk to us about what it means to ask and to search. Father Mike Delaney is going to talk about there being a season for everything and uh, a time for every purpose under under heaven some reflections on that that great line from the book of Ecclesiastes or, or sometimes you know people might note it from from various songs including Bob Dylan who wrote a, a song with that sort of theme and that sort of wording in it. Father Sean Cullen is also going to give us a, a piece from the daily Lenten booklet Triumph Lenten series. He's going to talk to us about how God as our Father knows what we need. Mother Hilda Scott wants to speak about love as being the antidote to well just about anything but to kick us off, we're going to be hearing from Father Mark Di Battista, who's um, going to talk about this week's Gospel, Sunday Gospel, Matthew 4, 1 to 11, and the importance of growing in virtue. And looking at what Jesus did right at the start of this, uh, this Lenten series, where um, Spirit drove him into the desert, where he was tested, where he was tempted, and how we were to rush and lean into the Lord and grow in virtue in the midst of, of all of that sort of thing that will come to us all in different ways and different points in time. So that's to kick us off. We're going to hear from Father Mark D. Batista now, straight after Max. Max Norden proclaims the gospel for us, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, all those other great presenters to come a little bit further on. Let's get into it. It's great to be in the Lenten season. Let's journey together. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, after which he was very hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to turn into loaves. But he replied, Scripture says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil then took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for scripture says, he will put you in his angel's charge and they will support you on their hands in case you hurt your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Scripture also says, You must not put the Lord your God to the test. Next, taking him to a very high mountain, the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. I will give you all these, he said, if you fall at my feet and worship me. Then Jesus replied, Be off, Satan, for Scripture says, 
You must worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Then the devil left him and the angels appeared and looked after him. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark Di Battista. The experience of temptation is a profound spiritual and psychological reality for every human being. It touches those elements of truth, goodness and beauty placed deep within us by the Creator. When we are tempted, these goods are twisted in some way and then offered to us for our desire and approval. Each year, the Church presents us with an evangelical account of Christ's own experience with temptation and some of the circumstances surrounding it so that we may recognize afresh that our Saviour is indeed truly human like us to the point of being tempted in all things yet without succumbing to sin. In this way, the Church emphasizes the holy humanity of Christ. St. Matthew tells us of three occasions when Jesus was tempted, led as he was by the Spirit into the desert, so that he may be tested. In the original Greek, the word for temptation has three meanings, to test, to tempt, and to attempt. The meaning of temptation intended by the evangelist is to test. In other words, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit in order to be put to the test, not in order to be led into sin. But why would the Holy Spirit do that? Part of being human is that we grow and mature both in virtue and in the development of our talents. Jesus was exactly the same. Although he was both man and God, and thus his humanity was completely sanctified at the moment of his conception, nevertheless his growth in virtue unfolded over the years, just like that of every human being. But virtue grows only through practice and by constantly being put to the test. We know that no one likes to be tested, but in his experience, Christ sets for us a profound lesson that in order to grow in virtue, we need to be tested regularly. Of the several meanings of the word temptation in English, two stand out for our reflection. First, there is the sense of being led into evil, and second, there is the sense of being tested or put to the test. A wise brother priest once said to me, Where God is, so is the devil. This is true, but with a different motive. The devil leads us into temptation to cause us to sin, whereas God leads us into temptation to test us so that we may grow in virtue. Thus, temptation is a two-sided coin that naturally leads us to the limits of our strength. God leads us there so that we may rely more on His grace, continue in the spiritual battle and grow in virtue. The devil, on the other hand, leads us to the limits of our strength in order to cause us to sin and to fall into discouragement and despair. While no one likes to be put to the test, temptation, in the correct sense, is actually good for our souls. This is why, on Ash Wednesday, the Church takes on the theme of Christian warfare by placing on her lips the words, We take up battle against spiritual evils. Moreover, we bear in mind that with each temptation, 
the Holy Spirit shows us the way to escape falling into sin. Jesus has gone through every test that we have, yet without sinning. However, should we fall into sin, let us remember that our merciful Saviour is there to lift us up, so that, together with Him, we will triumph. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
Listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. We commence our journey to triumph, a triumph of which we are assured. It will take us through the same landscape as Jesus, and we will discover that the landscape is in fact our own lives. As Jesus begins his journey, he encounters the same demons you and I encounter. But because his experience appears to be so dramatic, we can easily dismiss it as having no relevance to our lives. He has the experience, like all of us, of being subjected to toxic voices. Trust me, this is one of the key weapons of the devil, or as he is also known, the deceiver. We hear toxic voices all the time in the newspapers and media outlets. They are forever talking about the bad things involving other people. After a while, a person is tempted to go straight to the crossword and bypass the rest. We hear these voices in our workplaces and on the streets. We hear slandering, detraction, and it is like breathing in carbon monoxide. It kills the soul. Toxic voices do exactly what the deceiver wants, never what God wants. Toxic voices cause division, and division always weakens one's character, one's life. It destroys families and communities. To engage in this sort of activity is to single-handedly bring down the world It is as serious as that. The United States detonated two atomic bombs over the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki on 6th and 9th of August 1945. They killed between 129,000 and 226,000 people and left countless people horribly wounded and suffering for the rest of their lives. The aeroplane carrying the bombs 
an American B-29 bomber named the Enola Gay left from an airfield on the island of Tinian. Nothing has ever grown on that airstrip since. The soil, it seems, is tainted by association with this wanton act of destruction. Think of the conflicts around the world right now and the damage that is not only done to the planet but to so many human beings. Here you have an accurate picture of what we do to the world and to each other when we let toxic voices win out. What is the antidote? Love is the antidote. It is always a voice far stronger than any toxic, disenabling voice that afflicts us. The deceiver seeks to unseat God in our lives, but he can never do that while ever we claim love and live in truth. Angels ministered to Jesus, and they minister to you every day. Angels of one kind or another put love and truth before you. Why not listen to what they're telling you and be on the lookout for it? Furthermore, why not start this Lent with the determination to listen only to what brings life and turn a deaf ear to everything else? It will bring you safely to the resurrection. Thank you to Mother Hilda Scott there, who um, in her Wisdom from the Abbey segment has spoken to us really powerfully about how love is the antidote. God into our heart is the source of that love, and God wants to minister to us every single day. Coming up now, it's a bit of Chris Tomlin, Kyrie Eleison, and uh, after the break, we'll be hearing from Matt Ma. He's got the Lord's Prayer for us. After the break, too, we're going to be hearing from Father Sean Cullen. He's based down in Barrel, Barrel and Mittagong, down there in the Southern Highlands. We've got a we've got a couple of our clergy contributing from down in that region today. Hearing from Father Richard Green a little bit later on, but. Uh, Father Sean's going to be telling us about how our Father, our Father in Heaven, knows what we need. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and so glad you've joined us this week on The Journey.
so ready to forgive. You delight to show your mercy. Who is this God who pardons all our sin? So ready to forgive. You delight to show your mercy. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness
time now for another Triumph Lent series. This time it's Father Sean Cullen and his reflection from the Gospel for Tuesday of the first week of Lent, Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to 15. In teaching his disciples to pray, Jesus doesn't explain the techniques of prayer, but sets out the necessary characteristics for true prayer. A relationship is presumed. When Jesus prayed, he wasn't petitioning a reluctant, distant God. He was communicating with a wise and loving Father. Understood properly, we would no longer feel the need to tell God what we need, and we would no longer try and persuade God to help us. God already knows our needs and is eager and ready to give. This understanding will change our approach to prayer. We don't need to beg. We are relating to a God who loves us, while we learn to trust that love. Jesus' words about asking are not spoken in a vacuum. They are spoken to disciples. Our praying is to be understood in the context of our relationship with God through Jesus. Prayer is an expression of our communion with God. Prayer is our response to the word that God has spoken to us. Prayer does not initiate, it is a response. It is not that first we pray and then God answers. God has already spoken. This makes some forms of prayer inappropriate. We don't say, in Jesus' name, to neatly end our prayers. We say it to keep our prayer pure. Some things I just can't ask for in Jesus' name. So, learning to pray means getting to know the mind and heart of Jesus. Prayer goes hand in hand with discipleship. Let us pray. Lord, teach us to pray with childlike honesty and simplicity. Amen. Thanks very much to Father Sean Cullen there, who, in giving us some insights into God's knowledge of us, of desiring God's will in our lives, if we're, if we're aware of that, then it changes the way we pray, particularly we know that the Father knows what we need. It's great to ask. It's great to seek God and, and to implore God's assistance, but also to surrender into God's will too in the midst of our prayerfulness. So thank you to Father Sean for reminding us of, of that great truth that, that all disciples, those seeking to follow Jesus, to live in the Spirit, should know. But it's great to be reminded of it. Coming up now is Josh Turner. I pray my way out of trouble. And um, got to be honest, really, really love the, the next presenter's stuff. Father Mike Delaney, he's... Um, He's a really good guy. It was a real joy to spend some time with him a few weeks ago at, uh, at a conference, the Divine Renovation Conference, held in Sydney. And he wants to speak to us this week about how there's a season for everything and break open that, that great line from the book of Ecclesiastes. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us on the journey. Is wrapped up in troubles and my heart gets so heavy too. Sometimes when I sink so low I touch bottom, I kneel down to reach up and he pulls me through. I 
And now, seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney. I recently had a strange kind of weekend. It began with a Saturday when I would normally have had time with my spiritual director. But because of him recently being sick and needing to have some immediate blood tests, he asked if we could move our time to Sunday afternoon. After agreeing, it wasn't long before I received a text from a parishioner to say that her husband's brother had been one of the people killed in the service station explosion in Creasler in County Donegal. I had met James, who was the man killed earlier in the year, when he'd been in Tasmania for his own mother's funeral. So there was a real sense of sadness over the weekend as the news spread throughout the community at our various masses. On the Sunday after Mass, I was approached by a young family man asking if I had any suggestions for a lunchtime meal at a winery on the East Coast. He had heard of my recent wine trip and thought that I might have some suggestions. He then told me it was their 10th wedding anniversary and he and his wife were heading off for a couple of days by themselves to celebrate and he wanted to make it the best time possible. 
Unfortunately, his wife is allergic to seafood, so suggesting they stop at the oyster shack wasn't really on the cards. But I did have two places where they could get a good meal, so hopefully it will be either a good start to their time away or a nice way to finish their trip. By chance, I managed to catch his wife a little later as I moved amongst the various groups chatting after Mass. She also told me about the weekend and how much she was looking forward to it, and she remarked how her workmates had bent over backwards to cover the nursing shifts she had been rostered for over those days. The joy that both were exuding, and it was obvious not just to me but to others, made me feel almost overwhelmed and gave me a real lift. It reminded me of the passage from the book of Ecclesiastes, or Bob Dylan depending on your bent, where it says there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Every day there will be people who experience great sorrow that can almost crush even the strongest person. And yet, somewhere there will be great joy that brings hope and life into an otherwise difficult time. In moments of sorrow, as well as our prayers for those who are struggling, the most powerful gifts we can frequently offer are our presence and sometimes even just our silence. In moments of joy, we usually don't need to do very much at all because the joy is contagious and is itself life-giving. So what did I learn about these two very different experiences in the lives of my parishioners on that weekend? Well, I know that any accident is exactly that and nothing can ever prepare us for what or how or when they might happen. Hopefully, as surrounding the people in our parish, there is a community who will gather around them and support them when the things get tough. I know that that's been happening for the family suffering from the tragedy and is ongoing in our parish. Moments of joy or reasons for celebrating can be both spontaneous, or we can make an effort to remember an event and make a difference. My young married friends are intent on doing that, and I pray that their brief time away will further cement their love and commitment. But please remember, God works in every day, and there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Thanks to Father Mike Delaney who, uh, who contributed to this last part of the show with his little talk about how there's a season for everything and break open that, that great line from the book of Ecclesiastes. There being a season for everything and uh, a, a time for every purpose under under heaven. Some reflections on that that great line from the book of Ecclesiastes, or, or sometimes you know people might note it from from various songs, including Bob Dylan, who wrote a a song with that sort of theme and that sort of wording in it. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and so glad you've joined us this week on the journey.
rejoice, O oh child of God. Lift your eyes to see with every morning light. Again, we are redeemed. Rejoice, O oh child of on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness time now for another triumph lent series this time it's father richard green and his reflection for thursday of the first week of lent matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 12 we live in such a commercial society that the idea of asking searching and knocking is now replaced with demand and obtain Unfortunately, this is also an attitude we can apply to our spiritual lives. We no longer cherish the idea of patience and perseverance, but look towards the idea of demanding and making ultimatums. When we ask God for things in prayer, most of us already have an idea of how this petition is to be answered, when it will be answered, and who and how it will affect. If things go to plan, then we agree that God is a truly loving Father. But when the answer is not to our liking, we are upset and question the very existence and love of God. In fact, we start acting like spoiled brats. If we profess God to be our loving Father, then we have to also be prepared that like any parent, God may say no to a petition or ask us to persevere and be patient. The whole journey of our life is to constantly seek God, to nourish our relationship with Him, and to share that by word and action to our brothers and sisters in faith. May this year's Lenten journey be an opportunity for each of us to truly ask God for the graces we need to search for the strength to persevere, carry our crosses, knock at the door of mercy, and be welcomed into the loving embrace of Jesus, whose triumph on the cross has brought us salvation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, please help me this Lent to embrace the cross with love. Amen.
Up to the hill of Calvary, my Savior went courageously, and there he bled and died for me. Hallelujah for the cross. And on that day the world was changed A final perfect lamb was slain Let earth and heaven now proclaim Hallelujah for the cross Hallelujah for the war he fought Love has won, death has lost The souls he bought, hallelujah for the cross. What good I have done could never save my debt too great for deeds to pay. But God, my Savior, made a way, hallelujah for the cross. A slave to sin. Was bound, but all my chains fell to the ground when Jesus' blood came flowing down. Hallelujah for the cross! Hallelujah for the war he fought. Love has won, death has lost. Hallelujah for the souls he. Hope will guide me into death. Hallelujah for the cross. Hallelujah for the war he fought. Love has won, death has lost. Hallelujah for the souls he Newsboys and Hallelujah for the Cross is the name of that song. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Father Richard Green there, who spoke to us really powerfully about asking and, and searching. We had a few inputs today on prayer, not only from from Father Richard there, but also from uh, from Father Sean Cullen. Great to hear from from Father Mike Delaney too, who um, remind us about the seasons of life and the ebb and flow of sorrow and joy in our life, and how we're called to receive that in trust in the redemptive saving hand of, of Jesus.
Hope you've enjoyed today's show. We've loved bringing it to you. Thanks to all of our presenters. I've named a few of them there. Also to, to Mother Hilda Scott and to Father Mark DiBattista, who kicked us off at the start of the show, who spoke about growing in virtue. Thank you to Max Norton, who's put the show together, all the great music that uh, that accompanied it. I hope it's been a, a show that has renewed you, that's blessed you, and that gives you the fuel for the journey for the remainder of this week. We will be doing it all again next week as we move through this Lenten season, second Sunday of Lent. Going to hear from some really cool people. We're going to have uh, Sister Anastasia Reeves on the show next week, which will be fantastic, and Brother Lewis Harwood. We're going to be hearing from uh, Marilyn Rodriguez, the Urban Contemplative. We're going to be hearing from her as well. Don't forget, if you go to jcr.org.au, you can listen to past shows. You can uh, subscribe to the show. We can send it to you as an email each week. You can listen to it as a podcast. But we know that the vast majority of people are hearing this through the wonderful Christian radio station network that exists right around Australia. And thank you to our over 30 partnering radio stations now. We love bringing you this show each and every week. And we love partnering with those radio stations for the incredible gift that they are to the whole community not just the christian community give a lot of people hope and i know there's a lot of people listening into christian radio stations who wouldn't describe themselves as being churchgoers but they just love the content it encourages them and it's uh, it's also really wholesome they, they realize that in the context of what they're trying to do in the midst of their their own lives and often the lives of their families anyhow Check us out at jcr.org.au if you want to. Give us a, a line on Facebook too if you want to say good day. We love to get people's feedback. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you have been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.